Uh, okay, let's do the podcast. Welcome. Welcome to Fan Fiction is Good Actually, a podcast about how fan fiction is good actually. Guest. I know who you are. Uh, but I have I have uh, gotten into the habit, which I think is good, of having the guests introduce themselves. So please, if you could Tell everyone on the internet who you are and what you do and what your whole deal is. Just your whole deal. I would love to tell yeah. every single person on the internet what I do. This is not terrifying at all. It's like looking out into an ocean when, and wondering how many shells are out there that can hear you. When um, I say everyone on the internet, I mean like the maybe a hundred people who listen to this podcast, maybe. Oh my gosh. So. Well, hello. These are these are your little shells that you've collected yeah. from the beach. These are the... my shells. They're yes. mine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hi everyone, I am Val Patrone. I am a production coordinator at Disney Television Animation on the TV show Big City Greens. I also am a podcaster and I've worked with podcasts uh, mainly through a, a venue called Paperboat Productions, uh, mostly like Horror Borealis, um, which I featured in Losers of Love Story. And um, I also do a show called The Creature Report, which is my show that gets really weird. Um, And uh, (laughs) I do a lot of other things, too. I like to skateboard. I like to write. I like to read. I like to read fan fiction. I like to write fan fiction. I like to skateboard fan fiction. I don't know. Um, (laughs) I guess if we're talking skate the infinity, sure. (laughs) But uh, you you might be the most legit guest I've ever had, like the most credentialed guest that I've ever had. We're about to show we're about to show your whole ass on this podcast. (laughs) We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about some stuff. You work at Disney, like you work at an actual like corporation that makes media. Well, yeah. And uh, I mean, honestly, though, I wouldn't be working at a corporation that makes media if it weren't for me at a very, very young age being interested in fan works. Like I started writing, sorry, we'll get into this. I I write, (laughs) obviously. So I started writing like essentially fan fiction when i was like eight not eight like nine or ten years old um so like i've always been deeply entrenched with like fandom um i've always been fascinated like half my sketchbooks when i was a kid were filled with like kids next door ocs that were like friends and like hung out and did like their own kids next door battles and like I've got, you know, uh, the, the, unfortunately I have some Harry Potter stuff. I've got, um, team fortress two that I was really into. Um, I, I was into a lot of different sort of things. Um, but it led me to where I am today. So I feel like, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't be at Disney working at Disney making media if it weren't for being so entrenched in fan culture, you know? Yeah, you made it. You li- you're living the dream now. Woo-hoo! Also, you just you just unearthed a memory of codename kid ne- kids next door for me. I had forgotten Woo-hoo! that that existed for a period of time, and I'm like, oh yeah, oh, oh wow, yeah. <laughs> That's how I f- like. I mean, I don't even remember exactly how old I was when codename kids next door was on television. But that's the uh, the show that forced me to like learn how Fahrenheit and Celsius related to one another, because <laughs> there was a kid, uh, thir- it was like thirty C or something. Like his code, they all had numbers as their code names, and his code name was thirty C. And uh, there was some kind of joke about how it was yeah, thirty it was, degrees Celsius, uh, which is really yeah. hot. 
Yeah, and he was actually a villain. Um, it yeah. turns out, uh, trying to essentially melt the polarized caps. I think I um, not a hundred percent remembered, but I did watch it a few years ago, and I do remember that joke and that bit being like, "Oh my god, in Fahrenheit, this is so hot." <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, no, I've just been like. Yeah, everything for me has always been like about fan works. At, at least the 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 media that I've always been interested in, I've always also kind of delved into fan works. Whether it be like right now, I'm into Succession, and I keep watching uh like TikToks where it's like fan cams. That counts. Um, <laughs> Everybody and... keeps talking about Succession. I don't know anything about Succession. I haven't gotten into that yet. Maybe I'll wait like eight years, like I did for Breaking <laughs> Bad, and just I like. Think... No, that's, I think that's fair because I feel like with Succession, it's like a lot of boring stuff to get to really funny, goofy, weird stuff. So if you don't like the drama, the comedy, like it's not worth it for the comedy. But if you can get into the drama behind it, it's definitely like 100% worth it. It's like so weird. I found out the other day that one of the characters who's kind of like this weird dopey sort of higher up at the company also played mr darcy in 2005's pride and prejudice and i was like what is happening i've seen this on the internet i i've i've seen people reacting to this realization in real time so i'm also in on this knowledge I was I, like, this, i've had this knowledge foisted upon me against my will oh no i i mean i found this out like a few days ago and i had a complete meltdown um <laughs> Uh, cause this character is just such a, such a weird, and he's an, an American in the show. He's a, the actor's actor, Matthew McFadden, the actor who plays Tom and Mr. Darcy, um, is British. So like, he's just weird in succession. And I'm like, no, not Mr. Darcy. Like, what are you talking? I guess he's kind of weird. Not Mr. Darcy. Not Mr. Darcy. <laughs> um, sorry, we're getting off subject. Um. But yeah, I guess what I mean to say is I've always, always been interested in some sort of fan works and uh, fan fiction has always been something kind of uh, at my core, you know? Um, I don't know. Does that make sense? I hope so. Yeah. I I mean, (laughs) maybe my perspective is skewed because I am the way I am, but I feel like most of the people I know were meaningfully shaped by fan works in some way, shape, or form, so... Yeah, oh, I, sure. I, I I totally I get you. I'm picking up mm-hmm. what you're what you're putting down. Yeah. Uh, would you like to confess what prompted you to reach out to me to be on the show? Yes. Um. I I am closing <laughs> the door on the confessional and I am kneeling and praying to this priest and going, my sins are as follows. <laughs> um. So there was a television series that was very popular. Um, back in 2011, 2012 era for me, um, and very popular on Tumblr. I, I, um, Val, do you think you have to explain to the people listening to this podcast what Sherlock was? <laughs> <laughs> Are you under the impression that anyone has not been exposed to Sherlock oh. at this point? Like any anyone in this demographic? <laughs> yeah, it was Sherlock, guys. It was Sherlock. <laughs> surprise it's the sherlock episode well uh i guess the the i guess where i was (laughs) sorry i guess where i was uh leading into um well i saw like the first few episodes of sherlock because i had tumblr.com and it was over 
for me. I was obsessed. <laughs> um, at the time, did, I had... So wait, oh, did you dis- discover Sherlock on Tumblr? I believe I did. Um, I was very into Doctor Who. Um, bef- like, like my friends... Okay, back in high school, my friends were really into Doctor Who before I even had a Tumblr. So I had gotten into Doctor Who from my friends. So when I got on Tumblr and saw that Doctor Who was a very popular thing, that was really nice. It had a nice community. Um, and then, you know, as we all know, the Super Who Lock uh, crowd mm-hmm. came along. And I was like, I could watch, at the time, of course, I was like, I could watch like eight seasons of Supernatural or I could watch two seasons with like three episodes each <laughs> of Sherlock. And that mm-hmm. seems faster. <laughs> um so low, I, low barrier to entry sherlock was you basically have to watch a couple of movies yeah yeah exactly mark, yeah oh no exactly like it was um i remember in 2000 i think 11 um i just graduated high school i was just starting college and i had no strong media literacy <laughs> which is like prime for uh, interest in Sherlock, um, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's there's something about Sherlock that became so fascinating um, because at the time, you know, there was a lot of really cool visual stuff. There was a lot of like flowery language. There was a lot of like, will they, won't they, within the fan community of certain characters. And of course, there was Andrew Scott, who is just to this day, I think, is just a phenomenal actor just like magnetizing in my opinion there's Um, no question that there are many good actors in sherlock (laughs) yeah yeah. like like uh, like whatever you think about the show and many people think many things about it especially Mm -hmm. now uh there certainly is talent present in sherlock whether it's being uh used to its its fullest is a question that you can ask but there's certainly many talented people participating in that show Right, right. Um, so um, I'm going to take a step back for a second and talk about another thing that was happening in my life, um, which was role play. Um, and I was, you know, writing role play. Um, I, at a very, very young age, when I kind of came onto the internet, I was writing. Um, I found, like, Gaia Online, <laughs> and I was using Gaia online and I was creating these wor- these characters and these worlds with other people. Um, you know, I did some stuff. Um, I did some like avatar role play that did not go very well. <laughs> with, with, and I did some Harry Potter, of course. Um, I did some, like, I'm trying to think of all of them, like off the top of my dome. Like I, <laughs> God, some of these are just so embarrassing. Uh, Code Lyoko, um role play uh and sometimes i'd make my own again you're you're among friends here because (laughs) i also was into sherlock in college i also did like text role play of sherlock like i oh oh, boy like yeah don't don't uh don't dunk on your your previous (laughs) self-interests Right. So all that to say is I had been role playing and writing a lot. Um, In high school, I kind of dipped out of it because I kind of dipped out of my own brain for a little bit. Uh, But I came back into it near the end of high school because I was the president of my creative writing club. Um, 
So I was actually writing in the TF2 fandom for a long time on Tumblr. And then I was like, I, I started getting pulled into Sherlock. Um, and it helped that one of my college friends, uh, shout out to Heather, if she's listening to this, we're still friends. Um, hey, Heather. Uh, hi, Heather. I'm going to have a few of those, actually. I'm still friends with a few people, and I'll get into that. Um, Heather was like, hey, I'm role-playing as Jim Moriarty, but I'm playing a version of Jim Moriarty who is also kind of mixed with supernatural lore. So Jim was like a demon. Um, and she was like, you should like come on and write with me because I know you write. And at first I was kind of like, I remember it was like the spring of 2012. At first I was like, oh, I'm really busy with my other stuff and college. Um, and there's not really a character I gravitate to, um, which leads us to the final core of why I'm here. Um, in the fiction of the original Sherlock Holmes uh, novels, there is a character who is mentioned a little bit as kind of Moriarty's, uh, Moriarty's John Watson. So like a side kind of, you know how John Watson kind of is the one writing the Sherlock books. Um, there's an implied kind of John Watson-esque character for Moriarty. And that character was named Sebastian Moran. Um, and from that, I gravitated quickly because there was kind of free writing to be done. Uh, free reign on the character. He was not in the show. Uh, <laughs> he was not present in any of the media except really for um this one book that I'd actually i'm pause for bad audio stuff hold on because i have the book still <laughs> um, shuffle, okay. shuffle, 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 shuffle 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 um aside from uh one book that was put out by kim newman um which is narrated in the style of of the sherlock books except it's by uh moran's perspective on moriarty um and besides that, there wasn't, like, too much information. And so I gravitated immediately towards that character. And that is why I'm here today, is because last week, a YouTuber named Sarah Zed <laughs> put out a video about the relationship with fandom and Moriarty and this character Moran, because Moran didn't exist in the show, but yet there was such a large fandom. And I screamed. <laughs> <laughs> I screamed. Um... But before I get into that, uh, Evan, I'd really like to know kind of your history on Sherlock, too. Like, with oh, your stuff. Oh, boy. Is that okay to ask? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so when I went to college was the first time that I had, like, meaningful, consistent access to the internet. Uh, like, I, my primary residence, when I, I, my parents were divorced, so uh, I lived between two houses. But my primary residence was so far out in the boonies that we just, we didn't have TV and we didn't have internet. So mm -hmm. I, you know, could use the computer room at my mom's house for like an hour at a time or whatever. But mm -hmm. college was the first time I had a computer and could just go on the internet when I wanted. Uh, so like, I want to say sophomore year of college, which I would have been about 18, uh, a friend I had at the time uh, recommended the show to me. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't remember if I watched it at her apartment or anyway um she was just like hey i like the show i think you would also like the show watch the show uh i did i did not protest i was like wow my little brain is exploded i i love this i love everything about this this there's like something very shiny and compelling about sherlock and clearly it got a lot of people 
Mm-hmm. Um, so like when you see it for the first time, it's like, ooh, this is really smart. This looks really good. It's a weird format that I'm not used to because it's these hour and a half long episodes. So yeah, I was hooked immediately. I uh, she she saw how obsessed I was and was like, oh, have you heard of Tumblr? There's a lot of people into Sherlock <laughs> on Tumblr. And so that same friend is really responsible for a, a lot of things in my life, a lot of the trajectory my life has taken. Um, Sherlock isn't the first time that I wrote fan fiction. My first fan fiction was uh, Yu Yu Hakusho fan fiction oh, yeah. way back in the day that I hand wrote on paper. Um, oh my gosh, but, that rules. Yeah. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, I, I did in fact write quite a bit of Sherlock fan fiction. I will not name it. I will not link to it. Uh, <laughs> ideally, no one will ever find it. Um, I, I, I'm doing that thing to myself that I tell people not to do. I'm, I'm like ashamed of my interests. It is still out there. Look, if you find it and you read it and enjoy it, good. Um, I'm not going to like go destroy it or anything but um uh the w- the choices i made then are not the choices i would make now oh, in those absolutely. yeah uh, in um, those early fan fictions but anyway i have written many uh, a sherlock fan fiction uh i have done many a text role play that same friend and i would like literally with our phones we would like oh yeah text while we were at work like mm-hmm. do do little role play texts and i was also like in like longer form, like descriptive text role play on the internet. So yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I was I was right <laughs> in that that Sherlock pit. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, well, like what's uh, fascinating um, is so <laughs> I still I I will not also say the name um, because honestly, uh, frankly, some of the stuff that I wrote, um, unfortunately, I definitely doesn't hold up. Um, but um, I do, the Tumblr blog is still up and I've had to, like, I don't remember the email or the password, um, but I can, I tried to report it a few times, like oh, years ago to try to get it taken down. But now I'm kind of like at peace with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I won't, I'll share it with you if you want to see it, Evan. But like at the time, like I was uh, very strictly identifying with a space of like, Coming into the space of, like, I, as the creator of this character, am, <laughs> I'm straight, and I'm cisgender. <laughs> Which mm. is very uh, We see where that went, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that some of the language that I utilize in that character makes sense for me now as a bisexual, like, non-binary person, but I don't think is a very healthy language to use as a straight cis person so i'm i'm always kind of wavy about that where i'm like oh i definitely shouldn't have said my character definitely shouldn't have said the f slur that's not cool you know like Mm -hmm. um but i i fully admit to that kind of fault you know um there was a lot of like fault that i had in that character but i also think that like at the time i was trying to understand what and uh like a social kind of evil character would portray themselves as um sure. and anyway that's getting back yeah. to it um here wait this is i've said this before i'm gonna pontificate again but uh mm-hmm. i feel there are a lot of people who are like oh it's sh- people should be allowed to write 
uh, like bad stuff in fan fiction because it helps them process trauma and it right. helps them. And like, that's true. Sure. That is true. But I also think that people should be allowed to write bad and wrong stuff in fan fiction because people just write bad and wrong stuff sometimes. Oh. And uh, you have to, you have to like, everyone does that. First of all, everyone has at least some period in their life where they think and write and express bad and wrong stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, they need a safe place to do that, and right. uh, they learn from it. Uh, this is true about a lot of things. It's true about a lot of, like, sexual things. It's true about oh, yeah. a lot of identity things. So, um, yeah, this, not to get into a sort of much larger topic by accident, but, <laughs> yeah, this this uh, this makes me anxious about the... Um, like the tendency to police people's behavior on the internet and in mm-hmm. fan spaces that is more popular now because, uh, oh boy, uh, right. there's definitely some stuff I've written in my life that, again, I wouldn't do that now. I would do those things differently, but mm-hmm. um, I sure am glad that I had the opportunity to kind of like work through that and like people oh. weren't dogpiling on me at the time. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Um What's well, one of the things that I have, and I'm, I'm going to send you this and you can cut this part out, but like the first few posts are like pictures of me because I was trying to win a contest to look like Andy Warhol on a completely different side of Tumblr, like years later after that. So I feel like somehow I've seen those. I feel like I've seen you looking like Andy Warhol. (laughs) Maybe I've seen, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but after that you can kind of poke around. Um, but like, I did put like warnings at like trigger warnings. Uh, this is mature content. It's going to have night, not safe for work at the time. I didn't really understand the language of like 18 plus, but it was definitely like an 18 plus based. And I made that kind of clear of like, this has mature content, not safe for mm-hmm. work. Um, which is funny because I don't think I ever wrote at least publicly here on, on Tumblr. Um, like, sexual situations uh i think it was just like murder there is a (laughs) there is a uh a box with wrapping paper that says uh i'm gonna say cunt on on this podcast there's a box in wrapping paper that says cunt on it so yeah that's um, true i did have not safe for work (laughs) well like and that was the thing is like uh so this portrayal i made of sebastian moran um was very much this kind of like hard and rough and kind of like i i remember this is so embarrassing but uh i and you might see it i wrote an accent in and it was awful Mm. it was very bad i was like how like later on i was like how did any british person ever write with me i was like Mm -hmm. okay but uh, i had a friend who i was kind of in the shit with uh in this space who later on also was like well you were exploring like you're writing like yeah. you did, you never done that before, and you explored that, and I was like, yeah, but it was pretty gnarly. Um, but yeah, uh, it's and like uh, this is catapulting me back to an era where everyone was doing like British isms in their oh writing. My God, not yeah. like not everybody was writing accents into their like writing words phonetically, but certainly everyone was like using British spelling and like acting like that was a mm-hmm. like a just a natural instinct for them like answering asks uh like oh, with use yeah. in behavior and color and things and i'm like i i also did this i want to be clear like i'm i'm uh 
looping myself in with everybody was doing this. But uh, boy, what a time that was on Tumblr. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, like it, it's fascinating and you can kind of look through it. But like what was cool about the space though was that it was kind of this huge playground where where we were all kind of here. Some people had their own characters. Some people had these really in-depth portrayals of like the main characters from the show. Some people um, rewrote characters in the show like um one of my very one of my friends um uh eli is their name um and uh they portrayed a character of john watson if john watson's sherlock had died and like now john is like kind of this rough and kind of does some shady stuff and like had this really really beautiful kind of thread um that's uh, role play terminology for like if you're going back and forth with one long uh conversation um i know you probably know evan i'm just for everyone else <laughs> um thank but, you thank you <laughs> just to clarify um but uh they had a really long thread with someone who portrayed uh, uh victor trevor from the books as well and it was like this beautiful story that they put together um and like there was different things like that happening like picking random characters from the book or rewriting stuff from you know from the series or making their completely own character um it was real and like you could do whatever like it was a real playground of like writing um you know i i i i as of right now <laughs> sherlock is definitely not on my top five favorite shows um mm -hmm. but i hold that that time that I was there uh, very, very tenderly in my heart. Um, and um, one of my best friends, uh, Aaron, their name's Aaron. Uh, hi, Aaron. See another one. <laughs> but they're one of my <laughs> best friends. Um, and we're still friends like to this day, like to this morning we were talking um, and we met um, on that space. We met writing together they're you know training right now they're in grad school for writing novel horror novels and i'm working on script stuff um working within like scripts and television series and it's crazy that like 10 years later we can still kind of be talking about our characters in the space that was the sherlock roleplay tumblr <laughs> group you know yeah, it's, it's wild it's, it's such an interesting dynamic in this fandom specifically because uh sebastian moran did not exist in the show at least if he existed he was there for like a second i don't right. remember i don't think he ever showed up full disclosure i stopped watching sherlock at like halfway through season what was the bad season that everybody hated four uh, season four <laughs> correct i just um, i just stopped watching i was just like yeah i don't i i feel nothing about this and then i never thought about sherlock again for like 10 years mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but these, like, these characters, like Victor Trevor and Sebastian Moran, did not exist in the show. So, right. ostensibly, everyone was fans of the show, writing about these characters, a version of the characters that was sort of designed to be compliant with the show. Right. And yet, the only source material you had was the, the Sherlock Holmes novels and the sort of derivative works from the Sherlock Holmes novels that came... Or, right. They were short stories. They're not novels. They've been collected into books <laughs> now, but they were right. short stories. Um, yeah. So, like, 
which which is in the public domain and has been for quite a bit now. So mm. like the the relationship between this thing and fandom and intellectual property and you guys and mm-hmm. it's it's just what a web we have woven out of this. Oh. I feel like um, the Sarah Zed video does a lot of really good uh, explanation on like kind of just like how fandom kind of sees relationships and is like, well, this is working. This is not. I would like to see this. You know, I would like to explore this. I would like to be a part of something. And they kind of build out the space or like if they wanted to see a specific character or see a specific style of relationship play out. um, they can now go to a fan space, a fan work, and have that executed. Um, and or they could just do it. Yeah. They can just do it. They can uh, also I, just I do actually, it. I noticed uh, when you shared with me your secret link to your secret old uh, blog, <laughs> I was like, oh, Val wasn't a Michael Fassbender. Uh, I wasn't. <laughs> Sebastian Moran face claim you're I, I don't know what that actor's name is uh, but you're, i remember seeing his face on tumblr all the time because there were two competing groups the the people yes. who uh said that michael, michael fassbender. fassbender was sebastian moran and the people who said that this other guy this less conventionally attractive guy that <laughs> right. he's british yes yeah. his name is craig parkinson he was in the television show most notably known in the television show um misfits um for like a season he uh played one of the um parole not parole officer but like uh he watches over the kids the show is about a bunch of kids who were in juvie have superpowers now um Mm -hmm. so a lot of my content was from that but craig parkinson uh was sort of this less yeah conventionally attractive version um who is more like skinny and rough looking and big eyed i really liked his hair um and his hair always looked kind of wet yes and i don't know why i love that though <laughs> um oh you know what he you might uh folks might like recognize him at, uh if you watched or played bandersnatch he was the dad in bandersnatch um i think that's like his most notable like american wide thing misfits was more like uh e4 and stuff like that um but uh, oh he was also recently in doctor who i forgot about that um but uh i think there was this kind of idea that maybe like moran wasn't this conventionally attractive person like michael fassbender um and something that sarah does explain though in the video which i thought was interesting was like there wasn't a lot of face claims outside of like michael fassbender um mm-hmm. and craig parkinson was kind of the like you know underground <laughs> Sebastian Moran, Moran. Um Yeah, he was the the edgy cool uh Sebastian Moran right. fans, uh <laughs> territory. Right, right. You were definitely I thought you were definitely cool if you had a Sebastian Moran. One of my favorite role players was this role player who I drew a lot of inspiration from. Uh their Sebastian their URL was Tiger Jaw. Um and they were just so cool. Uh I, I thought for like I was like, oh my God, this is like one of the cooler ones because they use Craig Parkinson and they use like all these sort of motifs in their writing. Um, anyway, um, but something that Sarah Zed brought up was like, there was not much deviation beyond that, especially in terms of like race, um, which is kind of a bummer. And I do remember later on, I tried to restart kind of like a Sebastian-esque blog 
using the face claim before he was popular, Raul Coley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, I didn't really see much deviation beyond that. Um, and I remember there was kind of two types of ways to write Sebastian. It was either this very, like, clean cut, like, Jim's, Jim's like, little sidekick, Jim's little pog champ, um and jim's little pog champ yeah that's gonna be the the title of the episode (laughs) well it was like he would do anything for jim and he was just like this quiet stoic and then there was a version that was like this big brash mean kind of bratty like kind of f you to jim but jim would always win and that's kind of the portrayal i was going for um and uh yeah, honestly, like I said, I had so if you click if you go through the link and click on like threads or like go oh, I shouldn't say all this on the here because I don't want people to find it. <laughs> I am not going to reveal this to anyone. This is just between you and yeah. me. This is just for me to enjoy a little snack, a, a little li- snack, a for little me. treat. Um, but a like treat for <laughs> Um, but like I was writing with people who were portraying Sherlock who were portraying John, who were portraying Jim, lots of Jims. <laughs> um, not surprising. Uh, but like all sorts of folks, um, just like from, and different OCs who were just like, a lot of times it was like people who were under Jim's like wing of like doing X, Y, and Z um, for Jim, uh, his little network of people like uh, Sherlock had like a network Um and um but like the stuff was just fascinating like the work that we were writing was just fascinating stuff um and i'm so i'll like again i would not be the person or the writer that i am um without kind of exploring that space in sebastian um i don't know like it, it was it was really a lot of fun uh it was really cool um everyone had this cool sort of idea in this world and everyone was at least for the most part uh everyone was super chill there was like drama but like Mm -hmm. it was more drama about like the people writing not about the characters um and like it was just like this really creative fan community um of people who yeah well you oh sorry god no i was gonna say like you felt welcomed and i'm using you to mean like generally like yeah I remember the vibe on Tumblr at the time. Oh, yeah. And it was, there was a sense that, like, these are my people. These are the people who understand my interests and aren't going to, like, make fun of me for doing this. Absolutely. You know, participate with their, their full emotional intensity in this same thing that I'm emotionally invested in. So, absolutely. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. It was just like this very, like and like so much creativity i know we dunk on it now um and some things are worth dunking on like honestly (laughs) um but like i would say there's a there's a razor thin line yes joy and cringe (laughs) there there is like yes so many of the things that make you happy also are the cringe things well that's okay i think that's what's fascinating is there there's people who are like that is cringe and i'm like well, like, there are things about my Sebastian blog that are cringe. It was never the writing I was doing. Like, even if the writing was, like, something that seems a little less, uh, less, like, up, not up to standards, um, 
I'm still proud of that. I'm still enjoyed myself at the time. I still respect the work that I did. And even though I feel like I'm a better writer now, it doesn't mean that that didn't exist and that didn't make other people happy because I was writing with other people all the time, you know? Yeah, I would say that there's probably uh, something amiss if you don't feel like you've improved significantly right. since whatever it was that you wrote a decade ago. Right. You know, I, and that's true of everyone, like whether you're writing more, more role play <laughs> on the internet or writing your first novel that is maybe a little cringy in right. retrospect or whatever. Yeah. You know? Um. I think it was just like a really cool, like I did a lot of Tumblr role play. I would love to come back and talk a lot more about it, but like, <laughs> um, a lot of my favorite stuff or my favorite moments in my writing um, in that space were from this blog. Um, like I did, I, f I completely forgot until we were in the middle of this. I like that same year, there was a little bit of overlap where I played Bruce Banner because uh, Avengers 2012 had just come out and that was like everything to everyone. Um, Can I just say that really tracks with your personality? So, like both of these, both <laughs> of these characters. Like, I know that you, I know that you invented, uh, like a version of Sebastian Moran, uh, but like the the version of Sebastian Moran that you were uh, inhabiting, and also like Bruce Banner as a character. I'm not saying like those people are like you, but I'm saying I understand. I'm saying I understand why you enjoyed oh role playing as those characters. Oh yeah. yeah, and I feel like you know there was a lot of and like there's a lot of stuff I can talk about with my Bruce Banner stuff. I just won't get into it today. Um, but like a lot of stuff was uh, that was another thing was like identity. Um, I was in college, and I loved this kind of stuff, but I also was like struggling with a lot of stuff. And I used my Sebastian roleplay blog to kind of explore a lot of one things that like upset me and made me angry and to just a lot of like myself. Um, you know, there's a lot of anger in my roleplay blog um, and a lot of like self-hatred, um, both on a level of like, I... <laughs> Like, th this is one of the things that I do wish uh, wasn't so prevalent, but, like, my character of Sebastian was, like, implied to be homophobic. And, like, mm -hmm. um, like uh, it was, like, I was like, oh, well, he's a bad character, so he, if I imply that he's homophobic, that makes sense. But also, my, but Sebastian was also technically bisexual. Like, I was having relationships, my character was having relationships with, uh, with Jim, with OCs, with men, women, all sorts of folk. And at the time I was straight and kind of going back, like when I came out, like more, like when I was more active about being like, I'm bisexual, I'm, uh, uh, you know, LGBT. I was like, oh, oh my God, that was just self-hate at me. That was me exploring my own self-hate. Um, and to be clear, I did not ever, like, I was never like violently homophobic. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. But like that was like a space for me to be like, why am I so self-hating um about these kind of relationships? And I I was just also talking last week about how I found an old Facebook post from like when I was in high school 
where it was like listing facts about me. And one of the facts was like, I'm straight. I don't want know why people think I'm bisexual. It's crazy that people <laughs> think that, right? Like, that's so dumb. I'm a straight person. And like, it, it's just a lot of that. And like, same with like identity and like mental health and like trauma stuff. Um, it was like a lot of me exploring trauma in different assets, uh, facets, not assets, <laughs> in different assets. Uh, no, wait. Yeah, facets. I keep saying facets. assets. Damn it. <laughs> um, but it was a lot of me exploring that and exploring my feelings, um, exploring gender, um, because I had been writing a lot of male characters and I was like very into it. Um, I was very not like like that, but like I was like, I like feeling like this i like writing like a character who has like these features that are typically associated with like masculine identities like why do i like this i'll figure it out later <laughs> like <laughs> let's not unpack that yeah right now. <laughs> exactly exactly um and like the way i wrote sebastian was a very sort of tragic tragic sadness like this very ultimate sadness of like you I always kind of and this is kind of the space but like that I was at at the time with my mental health but like I always wrote Sebastian as like things will not get better for you so let's just do what we need to do um and I remember later on just for my own catharsis uh like two years ago I wrote a piece as if it were Sebastian 10 years later from that point and I had this line that I was like 10 years ago, you were a weapon and now you're just trying to learn how to be human. And I think a lot of like my own mental health kind of felt like that. Maybe not necessarily a weapon, but like, you know, uh, 10 years ago, I could feel so detached from things. And now I'm, you know, within the past few years, I've really kind of kind of gone in on my mental health journey. Um, and I'm comfortable talking about it. And, uh, I'm really starting to kind of feel connected to people again and feel, you know, communion uh, with people. So like, again, there's a lot of catharsis in creating a character and utilizing that as like, you know, something to explore trauma with. Woo. That got dark. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. The, the podcast is called fan fiction is good. Actually. It is so it has good. done so much good. It's so good. It's My so good. God, it's so good. Um, I actually, I, I have to admit, you know, um, when um, I was invited to this podcast, I messaged my friend Aaron, who I was in that space with. And like, we've just kind of started just like writing like a, not writing, but like talking about like a 10 years later thing with our characters and like what that looks like. And... I shared with them what I had wrote a few years ago and they were like, Oh my God, my character would be, you know, doing this and this and like talking about like how that kind of comes together. And like the fact that I can still continue to write that and explore that and explore myself with, with, with that space and with my friend is still so just incredible. You know, 10 years ago, our characters, you know, were doing crime and being shitty and now they're evolved um they're evolved beyond the worlds that have been set for us by other people um and fan fiction is good <laughs> like, tumblr astoundingly has done so much good for people it turns out actually yeah. it's probably done some bad stuff too but like 
look look at us now. Look yeah, at where we look are. at us. Look at us. Well, like, and that's the other thing too. We is, made it, guys. <laughs> we look did at us. It. Um, <laughs> yeah, like Tumblr has always kind of been a backbone, and I know a lot of people dunk on it, and there are things to dunk on, but like, there are still some beautiful spaces that are being made there um, to this day. Um, and there were beautiful spaces being made there back then and when it started. And, you know, some people are talking about shutting Tumblr down. And I was like, oh, my God, that's like 10, 10 plus years of my, like, stuff just gone. Like, that's not just my writing, but that's just, like, a, a community to share, like, you know, fandom with is, like, gone. And I, I, I can't believe some people can be so callous about it. I can, I guess, if you're, like cringe yikes uh but like i don't know i think there's some beautiful things about tumblr um that's still that still kind of rock my soul in a specific way uh things like that the the threat of tumblr going away forever uh really makes it clear how important uh internet archiving is mm-hmm. like the work that the the organization for transformative works does like archiving all of these sites that don't exist anymore and like getting the content off them and putting them rehoming it somewhere else you know right because yeah. like while there certainly is plenty of stuff on tumblr that's not like valuable to i guess society at large in any meaningful way there's a lot of stuff that's valuable to individuals, you know, in, in the strange digital space that we live in now, you know, you can't save your letters that you sent your friend while you were on vacation anymore. Like you have to save your Facebook posts or whatever, which feels weird. We're not habituated to the digital space yet. We're not habituated to like thinking that this is worth saving for posterity but it is, and people have been doing that for, like, all of our history. You know, we've been saving, like, little balls of string yes. and letters and postcards and name tags and movie tickets, and all of that is in the digital space now. Oh my and God, there's yeah. a risk of it going away forever if nobody takes the time and the effort to catalog it and put it somewhere in a format that's still, like, readable, like, you know gifts and things you can't like print a gif and put it in your drawer so right right well like and that's kind of like why i'm so i feel so tenderly about like still having this blog up and some of my other blogs too um and that's because you know back then i was like oh my god this is so bad i need to delete this blah 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 but now i'm like i can look back and see how i made some of my best friends you know like my three out of like the five or six of my best best friends um i met my friend aaron through this and then i met aaron my friend aaron introduced me to my friends rich and jess who are also my best friends and without this blog existing in whatever shape it took like i would not have some of the people who love me the fucking most in my life um and like that's to go back and to literally see the first post I interacted with my friend Aaron with is so tender to me. Seeing the first post I interact with my friend Eli is tender. Seeing 
you know, posts uh, with people I've remember talking to so much and being like, oh my God, I wonder how so-and-so is. Uh, I wonder how this, oh, I was so excited when this person followed me and blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it's still such a tender thing. And if that goes away, I mean, I guess we all go away in the end, but like, it's still something that is so special to me. Um, you know, it, it like there are so many little things that we have that bring joy to this world. And I think starting up these relationships with people in such weird obscure kind of ways um is art in itself and it's beautiful in itself um yeah i don't know i um i don't know <laughs> i'm getting tender huh like a little chicken oh, nugget no i'm it's it's one extremely relatable and two uh like very touching because i you know I've had very similar experiences. I everyone I know pretty much I met through like fandom mm -hmm. in some capacity or other. Oh yeah. Maybe not necessarily directly. Like there's people I've met at LARPs who I'm close with. There's people I've met at conventions I'm close with. There's people I met on the internet I'm close with. And some of those friends have introduced me to other friends and so mm -hmm. on and so forth. But like pretty much every uh like non-familial relationship in my life i've i've gained through liking shit on, right. on the internet or in person you know yeah. oh yeah i um so my i totally i totally relate to what you're saying yeah right now. I, I was gonna say like out of all of my best friends and all my friends it's definitely like i've met a lot of them most of them through like some sort of media that we are interested in like my roommate i met through the adventure zone because we were cosplaying and we were like oh my god i love your cosplay i met you know my met my friend aaron through role playing on tumblr i met you know I, I i i meet these people and we meet these people and we make these communities and those communities are what brings me joy and i hope brings other people joy too you know tumblr.com www.tumblr.com um there is where my feels are stored yeah stored in the tumblr feels are stored in the tumblr uh one thing i do want to bring up is before we you know i'm staying like a time kind of um and i don't want to make assumptions but the thing i wanted to say before i uh wrap it up is if uh i'm gonna send you a quick link a sneaky link um, this oh is my favorite thing I ever did on, on this blog, which is if you, it, it acts as a contacts page, but it's all the people that ever followed me. If you click like a letter in the alphabet, um, down below it, it for folks at home who are not Evan, it says it's a contact list as if it's in your phone. Um, uh -huh. and you, uh, there is a, you can search quote unquote, but you just type in like a a letter or you click a letter and it has every um every letter has like a page of like people who would be in Sebastian's quote unquote contacts who were all just people who followed me and like a few like little hints to my backstory that I made too. And it was it's still my favorite thing I've ever done. I'm like, I wrote. It's so very cool. I made, I'm made. i clicking through your contacts. Yeah, you can literally see my contacts. And so, like I said, some of them are like things, like characters, backstory characters. Um, and others are just like links to other blogs that I used to interact with a ton. Um, and like, 
that was another thing too is like everyone had like a different fun way to do things i like made like a playlist i did like uh well i always had some uh, out of character stuff um my out of character page though i must have updated this before i uh or after i finished writing here because it just says out of character i'm alec baldwin um <laughs> i'm not alec baldwin uh just to clarify <laughs> um but like it was a lot of fun and like uh it, going through that is like what brings me joy because i'm like oh my god I, I remember when i wrote with uh this oc or i remember when this person was still writing i love doing this and blah 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 um so that was just that's a little treat for evans um and if you find this my... is art hmm? i said this is art <laughs> yes that's all i want this is the thing that will be lost forever if we lose tumblr and i'm not like saying tumblr is uh, i'm saying this about like all sort of internet communities and forums and things that should be preserved but i'm saying like this this weird little uh like contact matrix that you made for your role play friends and your ocs and all that this will be lost forever if we lost tumblr you can't like remake that in its original form right and like that is that's what i mean that's what it's all about no <laughs> yeah uh-huh. spending hours and hours and hours of your time that you will never get back to make a little rolodex on tumblr yeah. that other people can click to see your other like role play friends and your little backstory contacts yeah. This is what it's about. This is what the shit is. This is what it's all about forever. And I will say the one thing my friend Aaron always says is I wish I didn't delete my blog out of like, you know, cringe because they also had some amazing writing and they're like, oh, I really wish I didn't delete it. And I'm like, could not be me. I mean, it could be me like five years ago, but it couldn't be me now. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it, it, it's just a very uh, special time. Uh, in my life where I got to explore myself and explore my creativity and I got to do it with other people through writing. Um, And that was fun. That was a lot of fun. It was such a good time. Oh, the era of baby when we were babies on the internet. Yeah, just little guys. We were little guys. Just little guys. (laughs) Just little guys. Special. Uh, incidentally, listen. Oh, go ahead, Val. All I was gonna say is a special little guy. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna say special little guy some more. Um, uh, incidentally, listeners, the the Sarah Zed video. Y'all have probably watched it by now. Again, I know my my target market here. Almost certainly, you guys have watched the Sarah Zed video about more more. Um, but if you haven't, it's some good shit. It's good it's content. Really good. Sarah Zed is a blessing and really like does such a good and fun job of exploring fan spaces and ideas in just like a non-judgmental way. It's really, it's very refreshing. I've seen a lot of, uh, YouTube for a long time was just about dunking on stuff. Yeah. And while that can be fun in certain instances, I mean, I have dunked on many a thing in my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am not innocent or I'm not. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. I am not innocent of that. Yeah, um, you got it. There's, there's also something very nice about being able to look back on things that you liked and say, yeah, that really was nice, actually. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, and like, I hope that the one thing that I do hope is that like 
while I was in that space, I didn't make it worse for anyone because I had a great time. And I, the people I wrote with, I hope, had a very good time. Um, I cannot imagine that you did. And if you <laughs> made anything marginally less good for, for anyone, it could only possibly have been in a way that, one, you did not foresee or intend, and two, uh, was only as much as anybody else did the same thing I, in that space I have to time. admit, I do think I offended some British people because I tried to write, like, a Cockney accent that is just a fucking nightmare. <laughs> so, I, was like, in, I... In, <laughs> it was bad. In high school, uh, we did a production of Me and My Girl where um, everybody, everybody uh, did fake British accents. There was, like, a, a oh group of cockney people and a group of like fancy posh people and it was you know high schoolers from southern maryland doing british accents and hey you know what um, at least it's not recorded on the internet right (laughs) i don't know maybe oh it would have been on like a vhs you know like recorded in a camcorder at the time a recording might exist it's certainly not on the internet yet Mm -hmm. yeah yet is the keyword we will find it yeah uh go to evan's house and find the vhs tapes challenge and put them on the internet yes that's what i'm talking about (laughs) i hope you enjoyed that like extremely bizarre voice i just did uh but thank you so much for having me on this has been incredible um it's always it's always cool to be able to explore this uh, in a comfortable space, and you've made such a wonderful space here today. Um, and thank you thank for you not that. dunking on me too hard, or really at all. <laughs> Fan fiction is good, actually, is part of Where They May Radio small family of podcasters just doing our best you can keep up with fanfiction is good actually on twitter at fanfic is good pod and you can reach evan via email at fanfic is good at gmail.com for bonus content including bonus episodes visit patreon.com slash wtm radio where they may radio